From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, welcome, and thanks for joining us for this Wednesday edition of Washington Watch. For those watching, you'll notice I am not in the Washington Watch studio in Washington, D.C. I'm in the studios of the American Family Association in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'll tell you why when I'm joined a little bit later with Tim Wildman, president of AFA. But first, here's what we're going to be talking about today. President Biden was out again today trying to lower concerns about rising inflation, but Republican leader Mitch McConnell said... Eh, his approach just isn't working. Everyone knows where this inflation came from. But President Biden just can't seem to admit it. He just makes excuses that no one is buying. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reporting earlier today that the consumer price index accelerated to 8.3% in April. That's more than the 1.8% that had been estimated. We'll talk with Texas Congressman Kevin Brady, the ranking member of the House Ways and Means Committee, about what these numbers mean to you and your family. And yesterday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was testifying before the Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs when she said this. I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy and would set women back decades. Now, statements like these rarely go challenged, uh, and they need to be. They need to be challenged because they're absolutely, blatantly false. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later here on Washington Watch when Shanna Burt, host of Financial Issues, joins me today on Washington Watch. And finally, the Senate just voted on their abortion for all bill. The bill failed, as expected, but the issue was never about passing it, but rather about appeasing the left's increasingly radical base. Democratic leader Chuck Schumer has been leading the way. We are going to focus on this issue again and again and again between now and November. We are going to keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting until we win. That was uh, Chuck Schumer right after the vote failed for the second time. Uh, It failed back in February and it failed again today. So the question is, why is the left so fixated on abortion? I mean, the public's certainly not there. I mean, they're more concerned about how much it costs to put gas in their car, what it costs to put food on the table. But the Democratic Party increasingly is fixated on abortion. We're going to talk with the chairwoman of the Republican Party, Ronna McDaniel. Uh, she'll she'll talk about uh, how this issue of life provides one of the greatest contrasts between the two major political parties in our country, and it certainly does. And uh, speaking of political parties, it's primary season. If you live in North Carolina, Kentucky, or Idaho early, voting is now underway. Again, this month, in fact, over a dozen states are holding their primaries this month. So make sure you are prepared. That means you need to be registered to vote. You also need to know where the candidates stand on the issues. FRC Action is a part of the iVoter Guide Coalition, and we provide that information. It's very easy to access. Simply go to frcaction.org. And you can click on voter resources. You can actually download registration forms to register if you're not registered. And you can get the voter guide. Again, that's frcaction.org. All right, today our verse 
coming from our Bible reading plan, Stand on the Word, is Judges chapter 19, verse 22. And they were enjoying themselves. Suddenly, certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. They spoke to the master of the house, the old man, saying, quote, Bring out the man who came to your house that we may know him carnally, end quote. Uh, despite the claims to the contrary, evil is never content and it's never passive. To be a part of our Bible reading plan, you can download the plan at frc.org slash Bible. Despite the positive spin that some in the legacy media are trying to give to the Labor Department's April Consumer Price Index, April was another month of raging inflation under President Biden's policies. And while the 8.3% increase doesn't top March's 40-year high of 8.5%, it's still above the 8.1% that economists had projected. So what are we to make of these latest numbers from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics? Why does it matter? What's the impact it's going to have upon you and your family? Uh, joining me now to talk about this and more by phone is uh, Congressman Kevin Brady. They just called floor votes, and so I appreciate the fact that he's uh, joining us off of the House floor uh, to talk about these latest numbers. Kevin Brady is the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Com- Committee. He represents the 8th Congressional District of Texas. Kevin, welcome back to the program. Tony, thanks for having me. I apologize. I'm not on with the video, but thanks for understanding the vote schedule. Hey, we completely understand. Appreciate you uh, working our viewers and listeners in. All right. Give sure. us the, your, your take on these uh, on today's numbers. Well, you were spot on. I know the White House is trying to spin this as as if inflation has peaked and the president's policies are working, but it was it was a lot of bad news for families and small businesses. So inflation continues to rage. Uh, core inflation, uh, which is a big issue, is accelerating. That was far worse than expectations. And of course, another month and people's paychecks shrunk again. So it is. Um, this is this is tough news. And then if you look back just three months, for the last three months, inflation is running at 9.9%. So the media doesn't, they tend to ignore those. But the point is, inflation is accelerating and people are losing uh, buying power more and more each month. And then, you know, on Friday, we saw this jobs report, which again, you know, at least met expectations. But if you looked into it, what you noticed was, our country lost 355,000 workers, shrunk the number of people actually working. So that drives because we don't have people to assemble products, to, to man the production lines, to deliver them or service them. That means it's going to drive inflation up even higher. And so, yeah, I, I know what the White House is saying, but the, if you look closely at any of these numbers and you just go to the store and try to buy things, you know how damaging this is. I, I, Kevin, several things you brought up there that I want to try to un, unpack. First off, talk about the core uh, of this, that uh, when you look at this inflation, the consumer price index, it takes out the uh, f- uh, fuel and food, which are two of the most volatile yeah. aspects. And so yeah. the core is what's more stable. That's what's more concerning is that that's where the soaring increase was in those more stable commodities. Yeah, it actually doubled uh, in one month. Uh, Besides that core inflation, way beyond what really anyone expected, and so that that tells you that inflation, the fundamentals, unfortunately, of of inflation, uh, are going to be harsher 
for a longer period. Then you couple that with an economy that's shrinking last quarter, job growth is slowing, uh, and, um, and the worker crisis is actually getting a little bit worse. You know, though, that's not an economy that anyone can be proud of. And I know the president tends to be out there uh, boasting about it. But, I, look, I don't think people are buying this uh, because they're paying the price for it. Uh, I want to go to one of your colleagues, uh, uh, House Democrats, uh, the chairman, Hakeem Jeffries, who uh, today basically said uh, that you're you're wrong, that uh, real wage increases have been taking place. Play clip number 12, please. Wages have increased for the first time in 40 years in a meaningful way. What do you say to that? Uh, couldn't be further from the truth. I don't know an economist who would back that claim up. Yes, wages are going up. The prices are going up much faster. And just a month or two ago, prices went up three times faster than wages. So right now, uh, the number that, that almost everyone, economist, every economist uh, agrees on is that real wages, buying power, has shrunk 3% since President Biden took office. And so for you know, an average family, two teachers perhaps um, with two kids, they're paying an extra almost $5,000 more a year to buy what they did, same things from the year before. And so I don't know where they get those numbers, but it's 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 just simply not accurate. But we're seeing this more and more. They just say these things, and the media runs with it. And, and they unfortunately, I think so many people are, are accustomed to being spoon-fed that they, they buy this. I want to go to something else you said. I was going to wait for the next segment, to, but I, I want to play this now because you talked about the loss of workers. Where are they going? Where, 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 why are we losing workers when we've got all these opportunities there in the marketplace? Yeah, and I think the answer is inflation. So because, you know, people are going to work and, and it looks like they're getting higher wages, but they're being they're buying less. And so I think because the people who are staying away from work are – the prime age workers, the ones we love, 24 to about 54 years age, that, that's the one you want in your company. And uh, they're staying away. And I think because inflation is eating so much of what they earn and things like child care have increased under this president because of some of the COVID stimulus funding, frankly, you know, people are making decision of, of you know, why should I work, you know, uh, yeah, I, it's just easier to make ends meet if I don't. And and until we get rid of some of those barriers uh, to work, um, we're, our businesses are going to struggle. So a shortage of workers is is an economic issue when we don't have people out mm-hmm. there working. And 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 yep. I think it's you know from from a long term perspective, Kevin Brady, and I know you share this because you're not only a fiscal conservative, you're a social conservative, and you have been a strong voice for life. Thanks. I want to I want to play this clip from Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen yesterday before the Senate Banking Committee. Uh, play clip number one, please. I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy and would set women back decades. Okay, so, Kevin, she's saying that uh, the fact that we we wouldn't have abortion if the Supreme Court decision goes forward is going to be an economic 
uh, it's going to pull down our economy. Well, she was uh, in the conversation with Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, and I want to play a clip of what he said. Play clip number two, please. In short, we just don't have enough people to replace those who are leaving the labor force. Now, what we do have is thousands of hardworking immigrants. I mean, do they not get what they're saying? We're, we're short of workers, yeah. and we're talking about aborting. You know, we've aborted 63 million, and they're saying, well, we've, that's why we've got to have immigrants. Don't they see the connection? Uh, uh, they don't, sadly. And, and first, you know, for you and me and, and, and everyone in the pro-life movement, it, it's always offensive when someone tries to put a dollar amount to these lives, uh, unborn lives, many of whom are babies of color. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, that right, the right. ones you hope have an opportunity. So, but but to your point, you know, obviously, if we have more workers and more of those preborn are born, you know, economically, yes, it absolutely. The country and the states, you know, that have the workers are the ones who are going to win the economic future. So, you know, I, I think if you were to take such a moral issue and try to put an economic spin on it, you, you, would have to, you would have to come to the conclusion, it is good for America to have more yeah. young people, more, more opportunities, more skills, more, more hopes and dreams. Choose life. Uh, Kevin Brady, I know I hear the buzzer in the background means you have to go vote. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank you that. for uh, joining us. Always great to talk with you, my friend. Thanks, Tony. Take care. All right. Uh, Congressman Kevin Brady of Texas, ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee. Coming up, we're going to continue looking at the effects of President Biden's economic policies and, and how that's affecting the stock market and, again, affecting you and your family. Shanna Burt, the new host of Financial Issues, is here next. Join Family Research Council on an exciting two-year journey through the Bible. FRC's Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan helps you to dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into the cultural issues of the day. God has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. By studying the Bible, we can see God's plan unfold throughout the past and be encouraged by how the truth of Scripture is still relevant in our current day and will be into the future. The Stand on the Word reading plan engagingly and thoughtfully takes you through the daily scripture to help you stay grounded in God's truth. You can start this reading plan with Family Research Council today. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your family and friends. Visit frc.org Bible to begin this journey through the Bible today. Although most Americans believe they have a biblical worldview, studies show that most of our friends and neighbors, including those who attend church, don't think about the day's moral and cultural issues through a biblical lens. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview was created. The center serves to help Christians understand the importance of Scripture, why it must be authoritative, and how it can equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. The experts at FRC Center for Biblical Worldview provide resources to help prepare believers to give a scriptural answer to our culture's most pressing questions. Access these free resources at frc.org worldview. See the center's latest blogs, op-eds, and publications by signing up for the newsletter at frc.org worldview email. 
want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Again, search Stand Firm and download the app today. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us. The website's TonyPerkins.com. And uh, for those watching, you'll notice I'm not in the Washington Watch studios. I'm in the studios of the American Family Association in Tupelo, Mississippi. And a little bit later, I'll tell you why when I'm joined by the president of the American Family Association, my good friend, Tim Wildman. I was so grateful for American Family Radio that uh, airs Washington Watch. Yesterday, the White House released the Biden-Harris inflation plan that uh, is supposed to lower cost and lower the deficit. In the plan, the Biden administration outlined short-term and long-term actions. Um, blame Putin. Uh, blame Republicans. Um, that's the short term. Uh, the long term is blame Republicans, blame Putin. Really, their plan is short on any specific details other than blaming someone else. But it's a real problem. And if we don't get the economic policy straight, we're going to continue to have a sputtering economy. Now, the president doesn't see it that way. Uh, Here's what he had to say yesterday about his economy. We look at the economy today, it's clear we've made enormous strides. And uh, our plans and our policies have produced uh, the strongest job creation economy in modern times. With me now to talk about the president's plan to combat inflation is Shanna Burke, the new host of the nationally syndicated radio and television program Financial Issues. And uh, she is uh, she steps in to fill some big shoes with for our good friend, Dan Celia, who has gone on to be with the Lord. Their program airs on over 660 stations across America. And it's a privilege to welcome uh, Shanna to Washington Watch. Shanna, welcome to the program. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, before we begin, again, just uh, on behalf of FRC and the Washington Watch, want to express our sincerest condolences following the uh, the passing of our good friend uh, Dan late in March. He was a, a dear friend uh, personally to me, uh, but a great voice in the uh, this arena and a sound uh, voice when it came to economic and uh, financial issues. So I know you've been a regular co-host with Dan since 2020. Uh, Tell us just a little bit about your connection and how you became a part of financial issues. Well, about eight or nine years ago, I was uh, 
stumbling through the radio channels. I got in the car during lunch and it was on AFR and Dan was on. And I've been in the financial services industry for over 20 years. So he was talking about a topic that was, uh, you know, right up my alley. And he mentioned the words biblically responsible investing. And that began my journey down that path. And Dan and I, just through divine connection, became friends. He started to mentor me. I ended up as a co-host and um, now I'm hosting the show. Well, that seems like a good jumping off point. Financial responsibility, uh, that's anything but what we're seeing out of Washington, D.C. right now. What do you think of President Biden and his uh, presentation yesterday and and his uh, efforts to get inflation and rising costs under control? Oh, wow. Where do I start and how much time do we have? <laughs> you know, There were so many things that were just ludicrous in that speech. And if you really listen to it with any common sense, it's not hard to pick apart. You know, you know, first he talks about lowering the deficit. I mean, you know, give me a break. If he's if he's really going to do that going forward, it's only because he's going to increase taxes so much. Well, let me let me stop right there, Shannon, because that's a really good point, because most people don't realize he talks. He's talking about not the debt, not the national debt which is over 30 trillion. He's talking about the deficit, which he's including in that spending the one-time coronavirus relief monies that were spent, which inflated government spending. And so he's just saying, all right, out of that uh, few several trillion dollars, we're reducing it by a trillion. So this is a, this is a real shell game when we're talking about real numbers. Oh, uh, you know, politics is always smoke and mirrors and, you know, all it is really the reason that the deficit is reduced this year, the budget deficit, as if we really have a budget at all, is because all of that COVID relief is ending. And, you know, we didn't even spend all the money that they allocated. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk uh, about the stock market. I mean, this is kind of your bread and butter when you're, you're looking at this. The stock market is taking a a, a beating lately. What do you think is driving this decline, and, and how much further is the decline going to go? Well, I mean, we don't really know in the short term. You know, it, financial issues, we really focus on being a long-term in, uh, investor, and the market is really a leading indicator. What that means is that the market's always trying to get ahead of what it thinks is happening in the economy. So short-term, right. it's fear and or greed that drives the stock market. Long-term, the market is really driven by what's happening in the economy. So employment, inflation, um, you know, the, our economy depends on people working and people working depend on whether Joe Biden likes it or not, although he claims to love capitalism, companies being profitable. Uh, when companies are profitable, they hire people, they reward them for working. Uh, people spend money in the economy because they feel good about their jobs. And, you know, that just that drives demand. So, you know, his approach to make the rich pay and tax all the corporations is really the opposite of the capitalism that he proclaims to love. Now, now Shannon, very quickly, we're up against a break, but uh, the markets were kind of looking for signs in the March uh, CPI index as to whether or not this um, inflation and the, 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 the peak had come. What did they see in these numbers today? Well, both consumers and experts were expecting to see inflation peaked out and dropped to, from 85 
to 8.1%. What we saw was 8.3. And we usually look at the headline number. We put more weight on that, um, whereas most other economists don't. But um, the core number gives us a peek into some things, too. You know, we all know that food and energy has gone up a lot. Um, right. But when we strip out those things, that's what core inflation is. And we've seen some some strength there. Um, unfortunately, strength in inflation is not a good thing. So, you know, I don't know that we have seen it peak. I mean, I would probably expect it to go up a little more. I mean, just gasoline prices are at an all new high right now. Right. Right. And that's despite... you know, what we're looking at is that Despite uh, releasing the oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, we need to open up more drilling and remove regulation. Shannon, uh, Bert, thanks so much for uh, for, for uh, being with us. Shannon, great to see you. Stick with us, folks. We're coming back on the other side of the break with more Washington Watch. Most of us have at least one friend or family member who is pro-choice or have engaged with someone who doesn't share our pro-life views. As Christians, we are called to defend the weak and to speak truth in love. When we advocate for the unborn, we must do so in a way that is both honest and loving. At Family Research Council, we recognize the inherent dignity of every human life, from conception until natural death. The value of human life is not conditional upon its usefulness to others or an arbitrary evaluation of a person's quality of life. Rather, the value of human life is unconditional because God, the author of life, has created all humans in his image. FRC's Center for Human Dignity exists to give a voice to the voiceless by helping others speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Access our free resources at frc.org life so that you can address abortion, human trafficking, pornography, and more. Attention university students, do you feel called to promote faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture? Are you hoping to grow in Christian leadership? Then join Family Research Council for an unforgettable internship. FRC's 12 to 15 week internship program is designed to educate university students who are passionate about public service and who believe that a biblical worldview is necessary for government to serve the people and for culture to thrive. As an intern, you work alongside FRC's experts who will invest in your personal and professional development as you prepare to make a kingdom impact in the world. This paid internship offers free housing in D.C., allowing you to experience community with other faithful conservatives in the nation's capital. For more information and to apply, visit frc.org slash internships. That's frc.org slash internships. This is Washington Watch, and I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us. As I mentioned, we're in the studios of the American Family Association, Tupelo, Mississippi. Tim Wildman will be joining me later to explain why. As I mentioned at the top of the program, the Senate Democrats, led by Chuck Schumer, had another vote today on the Abortion for All Act. And once again, it failed. But this is really not, it's not about passing policy. They need 60 votes. They were nowhere near the 60 votes needed. This is about appeasing their radical base in the Democratic Party. But let me tell you, and I've been around a while, there's, I'm not sure there's another issue that shows the contrast. And let me say this, another issue that is of 
of such significance as the issue of abortion? As we've talked about, it's not just a moral and a social issue. It's a political issue. It's, it is an economic issue. We talked about that. But at its core, it's a spiritual issue. And it really determines if you're a nation that you know, is dismissive of human life, it doesn't say much about you. But increasingly, we've seen the the contrast between the two parties become sharper and sharper to where the Democratic Party and their platform specifically talk about embracing abortion to the moment of birth and forcing Americans to pay for that. Now, you contrast that with the Republican Party, and there's a sharp contrast, a party that embraces life and the mothers and the babies, not just until birth, but even after birth, wanting to help them grow and have opportunity and experience the American dream. Well, that is being led in large part right now by the chairman of the Republican Party, Rhonda McDaniel. She is the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, and she joins us now. Rhonda, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Tony. Thank you for having me to talk about such an important issue. Well, I first want to say, I know you have been messaging on this. You've been, you have not at all been hesitant to speak out about this. You've published op-eds about it. You've talked about it. In fact, I just saw your statement that you released just moments ago after the vote. What is the fixation that the Democrats have with abortion? You know, I don't understand it. It's 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 out of step with the American people. First of all, we know that 85 percent of the American people absolutely want limits on abortion. And to see the Democrats keep pushing further and further limits up till the due date to abort a baby that we know could live. uh, It's just so frightening. And they're abandoning religious freedom. They're abandoning uh, objectors, people who don't want to pay it with their their tax dollars, and they're demonizing anybody who's pro-life who doesn't think like they do. They are so radical on this issue. I don't understand it because it really isn't where the American people are right now. Well, we saw in the last, uh, in the last couple of election cycles, the Democratic Party has been running out their own members who are pro-life. I mean, Dan Lipinski from Illinois, last pro-life a uh, member of the Democratic uh, conference in the uh, in the House was primaried by the Democratic Party. So you see, there's this hostility toward a pro-life view in the Democratic Party. But I will say the Republican Party is growing more and more pro-life. Well, absolutely. And so is the country, especially as science has helped us understand uh, with ultrasounds and when we become pregnant, I know I'm, I'm very pro-life, but when I first found out I was pregnant, it was the greatest blessing in my life that that first minute, knowing that I had a baby, knowing that I had that, that opportunity, um, to, to, to be a mother. It's something that's very, very real for women and the Democrat party. It's not just on pro-choice pro-life. It's, they have become an anti-woman party. They don't want to use the word mother, they want to have biological males compete against women in sports. Um, they want to um, extinguish women um, from from any type of conversation. And I think this is another part of that movement in demonizing pro-life women uh, and pro-life Americans. It, it is a really radical shift of the Democrat Party that is out of step with the majority of the American people. 
Yeah, you're you're right. In fact, if we if the Democrats would have had their way, this past Sunday would have been birthing people day, uh, not Mother's Day. Exactly. Uh, they, I almost the, did a joke about that, but I didn't. But yeah, it, I'm not a birthing person. I'm a mother. This is ridiculous. That's right. And, and and you talk about the polling, but the polling actually shows exactly what you're talking about. This is not a winning issue for the Democrats. This is an issue as they embrace this radical position, they're putting themselves way outside the mainstream of American thought on this. So why are they doing it? I don't understand. I look at senators like Mark Kelly, who's up for election, Raphael Warnock, in states like Georgia and Arizona and New Hampshire, and they're embracing aborting a baby on a due date on on the day it's on the day it would be born nine months they know that baby would live they're fine with that that is so grotesque most countries in the world absolutely would not do that and for democrats to embrace that and then beyond that tony what we've seen with them willingly attacking churches having protests in churches we saw a molotov cocktail thrown into a pro-life center in wisconsin and to see the democrats silent as religious freedom uh, uh, is being attacked not just with words, but with violence, is really alarming as well. And it should be, be a wake-up call to every American. They have become so radical, they don't even have room for a difference of opinion or right. a difference of thought in their party. Yeah. Uh, Ronald again, I want to thank you for joining us today, but I also want to thank you for the conversation that... Uh, You've been having with uh, evangelicals, conservatives across the country. You've responded to concerns we've expressed, and we've had a really good yeah. working relationship. I just want to thank you for being uh, being so accessible and working with us on these matters. Well, thank you, Tony. I'm really enjoying working with you, and thanks for being a voice um, uh, of support and helping. And, and it's always good to have those conversations because we are in this to save our country and fight for the values that we know make our country great. Yep, and we'll continue to do that. Rana, thanks so much. Good to see you. Folks, stick around. On the other side of the break, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association, joins me here in studio. We don't want to miss that conversation. We're coming back after this. Religious liberty is the freedom to hold religious beliefs of one's own choosing and to live in accordance with those beliefs. It is an inherent human right. Therefore, Family Research Council's Center for Religious Liberty strives to advance religious liberty for all people of all faiths. Advocates for strong religious liberty protections are often labeled bigots. But for those familiar with the history of religious liberty in the United States, until recently, it was embraced by a majority of Americans. In fact, religious liberty has historically had bipartisan support. Today, efforts to restrict this freedom have become increasingly common. Therefore, Christians need to articulate with greater clarity why we support religious liberty and why all people are served when religious liberty thrives. Access the Center for Religious Liberty's free resources to learn more at frc.org slash religious liberty. In today's culture, there are few examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need a model of leadership, strength, courage, and sacrificial love that they can look to. But where can they find it? Try our Stand Courageous Men's Ministry. We seek to help men develop a strong, biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. We invite you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. 
These conferences are led by men who struggle with the same issues you do and will invest in unpacking our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can have the generational influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. At Family Research Council, we want to be able to keep you informed on our latest resources and events. Due to the growing threat of tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, we've created a tech subscription platform so that we can stay connected. So if we get canceled, you can continue to receive updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get special alerts on the biggest stories of the day. You can stay informed with just a simple text. We want you to be able to stay connected with like-minded community and to always have access to our content. Stay connected and informed. Just text STAND to 67742. here Washington Watch and I'm as I mentioned at the top of the program we're broadcasting live from Tupelo Mississippi in the studios of our good friends at the American Family Association American Family Radio earlier today the American Family Association dedicated a new 20,000 square foot two-story structure probably the tallest structure in Tupelo uh, that will serve as AFA's ministry hub for the next phase of their commitment to faithful Christian engagement here in the United States of America. And here with me now to tell us all about the new Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation and more is the president of the American Family Association and American Family Radio, Tim Wildman. Hey, good afternoon, Tony. Good to be with you. Well, Tim, thank you. Thanks for hosting us, and it's uh, great to be here with you. Welcome to Tupelo and our new facilities here. And you spoke to uh, a group of our uh, supporters and uh, colleagues this afternoon, and we just appreciate you being in town and broadcasting your show from here. I was thinking about how many years uh, your show has been on us here at AFR. Uh, it's been it's been a while now. I, I understand we're having a problem with your microphone there. Okay. So Try to work on that because, by the way, folks, if you're listening to AFR, you need to donate to American Family Radio so they can get a good microphone here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and by the noted. way, you know, uh, Tupelo, Mississippi is uh, is famous being the birthplace yeah. of Tim Wildman. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and Elvis Presley. Actually, I was born in Missouri. Oh. Yeah, right, you well, need to okay. get your team to do a better background right, check. They, they got to work Before on you that. invite me on your show, Tony. So uh, this. We'll, we'll get this microphone. All right. We got, all right, right I'm going to talk yeah, while, you, uh, while you get a new microphone there. But the uh, while while Tim's getting a new microphone, uh, let me talk about something we had on the program earlier this week, and this is out of Haven, Kansas. Okay, this was the city council there, and we had um, Chris Powell, Pastor Chris Powell of New Haven Baptist Church there in Haven. Kansas was on talking about how the city council voted to remove the decals in God we trust from the police vehicles. Now, many of you responded, but we have a petition up, which I would uh, really 
like to see you uh, respond with, because we're going to actually take these to the city council meeting that takes place on the 16th of this month. And so we're going to have uh, one of our team members is going to go over and deliver these petitions to the city council. And so you can find this petition by going to TonyPerkins.com, signing that. And, uh, and as I said, we will take that over to uh, the Haven, Kansas city council meeting on the 16th of this month. Look, this kind of stuff does not stay. It will it will spread. And I don't know. We, we still haven't. Uh, we've got an article up. We've got our reporters looking into it. Can't find out exactly what is behind it, why they took these steps. But this story continues to unfold and your voice can be heard and can make a difference in this. So go to TonyPerkins.com and sign the petition regarding In God We Trust. All right, we're still working to get Tim's mic uh, in place. And uh, as we're doing that, I'm continuing to uh, to filibuster here, Tim. Um, The American Family Association, the Center for Cultural Transformation, this is, uh, and if I could just share a little bit, folks, if you'll indulge me for a moment, because I really do want to honor Don Wildman, who was there today for the dedication of this uh, center. Don I was one of the first individuals I met when I came to the Family Research Council, which will be 19 years ago in August. He was uh, chairing a group called the Arlington Group, and for a number of years ended up I had the opportunity to be the co-host along or the co-chair along with him on the Arlington Group. And uh, just a, a tremendous man of God who uh, the American Family Association reflects this. They just they, they are very giving. They come alongside us. This, you know, uh, Tim, you got us really kind of started in radio when I wanted to start. I came to, I came and talked to you, and you helped us with the airtime, and uh, and our program continues to air now. Uh, I think we're a little over ten years. We've been doing this program. Yeah, how many stations are you on now? We now are in a little over eight hundred stations, uh, plus a couple of TV platforms as well. Wow. Well, I got no royalties from that. I just, I never saw that from you. So if you could help me out there. I will. I'm going to get you a new microphone. (laughs) You know what? It's been a pleasure uh, having our friendship uh, grow and also seeing your program grow, Tony, and the influence of uh, Family Research Council across the country to keep us posted on what's happening in our nation's capital from a Christian pro-family perspective. And so we're glad and honored that you and some of your team here are with us today to celebrate our opening of our new facility, which will uh, carry us, uh, you know, FRC is going to be around a long time. AFA is going to be around a long time, uh, long beyond uh, that when we're gone, when we're gone from the scene uh, to carry on the right. fight because uh, the fight will be here as long as our country's here. Right. And, and we see some of the things happening and there's some good things happening. There's yeah, a, lot, a lot of bad, but there's yeah. a lot of good. I mean, as we are talking about today, in fact, a message from uh, Governor Tate Reeves here mm-hmm. in Mississippi. Look, we look, we cannot miss the moment that we are standing at as a nation where the court poised to. Now, we're hopeful that this right. first draft is very close. The final draft is very close to what this first draft was, but literally turning away from abortion on demand up until nine months of pregnancy. This has been years of prayer, mm-hmm. years of mm-hmm. political engagement, years of service to to women and children. And we're at a turning point. This is significant. Yeah. I don't consider myself uh, a pessimist, but I had 
My hope for a Supreme Court uh, decision that would overturn Roe versus Wade was about at 5%. Yeah. You know, in our lifetime, as hard as we have been working, uh, but uh, with the three Supreme Court justices that President Trump appointed and were confirmed in the uh, in the Senate, uh, and now we see, as you say, what's likely to be a decision announced in June that Roe versus Wade is overturned and abortion is sent back to the states. Uh, it's just edifying. I know it is to you and to millions of people who have worked in the pro. It's not the end. Right. We've still right. got to fight uh, the pro-life cause, <clears throat> but it's a big, big step uh, in I mean, the right direction. Yeah, I think it's important that we're not we're not celebrating right. from a standpoint of, I mean, you're not going to celebrate 63 million no, no, babies no. being uh, murdered in this country, but we're, we're celebrating the fact that we we're rejoicing the fact that the country has found the way back toward the truth. Now we have to roll up our sleeves and do the work of <clears throat> repentance. And that is moving this nation to embrace life at <clears throat> all 50 state legislatures, yeah. especially the people in the red States, the uh, pro-life States who've, wanted for years and years to uh, uh, enact pro-life legislation, only to see it struck down uh, by federal courts and by the Supreme Court in the name of uh, preserving Roe versus Wade. Well, now all these states, and we've seen the pro-life legislation that's passed in state after state after state, not all of them, but I don't know what, 40% of the states have passed pretty strong pro-life legislation the last five years or so, and uh, we've been thwarted heretofore by the uh, by the courts. But, but they didn't give up. Right. And right. that's what's right. important here. Right. If, 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 if you don't grow weary right. in due season. Right. And I think that is the story. And I was talking to a reporter who called me uh, the other day and wanted to know, well, what's next for the pro-life movement? I said, we're going to keep doing what we've been doing. Yeah. We're going to continue to work at the state level, winning hearts and minds by serving through care pregnancy centers, through adoption agencies. That's why we're protecting religious freedom so that these agencies, these individuals motivated by their faith can operate from their faith, changing hearts and minds and moving the nation to where we have become a predominantly pro-life nation. So Mm -hmm. a lot of work to still be done, but the story is here, never give up. Amen. Amen. We see, you know, we see the policies that have been passed state after state. We have half the states, over half the states that that are, are pro-life. And to your point, in the last, really since 2010, with the election of Barack Obama, until this point, the most pro-abortion president, of course, now Biden's got him beat. But in the from 2010 until present, we've seen 40% of all pro-life laws enacted since 1973 enacted in this window of time. So uh, America is moving this way. State legislatures are moving this way. And it's because of, in large part, ministries like the Family Research Council, American Family Association, Concerned Women for America, Susan B. Anthony, I mean, all of the group in the churches that are talking, educating, and challenging and engaging politically. Yeah, you know, uh, it's an ebb and flow in all this. And we, uh, to quote Yogi Bear, we win some, we lose some, and some are rained out, right? Uh, but, but we can't give up on our country. I tell folks, you know, sometimes it's discouraging. We see the wrong person elected. We see the wrong person. We see the wrong long law enacted. And we get discouraged. And you, sometimes you just want to throw your hands up and say, what's the point? <clears throat> well, the point is there's tomorrow. And uh, we can always work, uh, you know, keep, you got to keep working. We can't give up on our country. Right. There, there's, I used to 
in one of my talks by saying there's nowhere else to sail to. You know, we can't tell me where Especially we're going to start over. Yeah, well, <laughs> sailed to Tupelo. Uh, but you know what? It, it, there's really no place to start over. Uh, and the, this right. American experiment is it for uh, liberty and freedom and uh, uh, and, and, and and also a freedom of religion. And from a standpoint as believers, we have a responsibility to stand for truth, to Amen. be salt and to be light. Whether or not the wind is blowing, right. rain is uh, pouring down, we still have to guard and, and uphold that light. Right. And, my, da- my dad used to say, um, you don't have, to, God doesn't call us to be successful necessarily. That's right. He calls us to be, be faithful. Obe- faithful yeah. and obedient. Yeah. Uh, Tim Wallman, I want to ask you a couple of personal questions here because today, really a, a, a milestone in the ministry of the American Family Association, the new Center for Cultural Transformation, named after your father, Don Wildman. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever mm-hmm. see yourself uh, when you were, when your dad started this uh, back in, was 1973? No, 77. 70, did you ever see yourself as, uh, as, as leading this uh, organization? No, no. Of course, I was, I would have been, what, uh, 14, uh, 13, 14. So you're just trying to get a date. I, <laughs> I was just trying to get my driver's license, right? <laughs> past school. Uh, but I, I, I knew uh, dad was starting something special. He was a Methodist pastor at the time. He left the pulpit and started uh, well, then the National Federation for Decency, which is today the American Family Association. So I, I knew he was doing something highly unusual, uh, stepping out of the pastorate. And uh, then uh, one thing began, to, uh, one thing after another happened. The next thing I know, my dad's on Donahue television yeah, show. Yeah. And people are telling me, hey, I saw your dad on national TV. He started to get a lot of attention for helping to lead a movement of uh, Christians to become engaged in the culture and to respond to the wickedness and evil that we saw beginning to spread even before the 70s. But certainly it began to appear on television and movies and so forth in, in the 70s and 80s. But, you know, uh, that's about the time that Dr. Dobson started, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the LaHaye's and the, more, and the moral majority of the Moral majority, with, with Jerry Falwell, uh, G. James Kennedy, Larry mm-hmm. Burkett, Marlon Maddox, Phyllis Schlafly. She started uh, probably in the early 70s. But all those, uh, God began to birth, I'm leaving some people out, but Adrian Rogers. Uh, God began to birth in the heart of Christian leaders all over America. Hey, it's time to give, to, to not just talk about things going on in our churches and not just evangelism, which is uh, certainly a a foremost uh, mission of the church, but also to get involved in politics and government and public policy, because if we don't, uh, the other side is going to win by default. Right. And the other side being the world are pagans and uh, we can't allow for that. So uh, this uh, today we're celebrating the opening of the Don Wildman center for transfer for a, Cultural transformation. Cultural transformation. Thank you. That's on the sign outside. I've yeah. only seen it a hundred times, but uh, it's been a long day. Tony, it has. And my microphone didn't work That's right. Uh, look, we just got a couple minutes left, and you won't give me any more airtime, so I'll keep your answer <laughs> short. But what, what's the key to what was the key to your dad's success? I think you mentioned it today in your talk during lunch. Uh, dad is uh, and always has been uh, a very humble man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't, uh, and, but he's also been very shrewd, very smart and he's very a, smart, very smart guy. He, he, he doesn't talk, 
Oh. He throws you off. <laughs> yeah, that you know, there's 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 southern accents and then there's country southern. Yeah, he's and, got the country that southern. That came from the country southern uh, <laughs> part of the sticks or the hills of Northeast Mississippi. So, uh, but he graduated from Emory in like uh, in uh, a four year pro uh, four year program in three years. He was in the army. Well, see, I did a three year program in six, <laughs> <laughs> or so you tell your parents. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying that. Uh, uh, dad, dad wrote like uh, 22 uh, books that he uh, uh, basically sold himself. This is back in the 60s and 70s. I think there was a half a million copies at one time sold of inspirational books that he wrote. Uh, he led tours to Israel and to Europe. He was always a guy that was accomplishing things, and he was driven. Uh, but as I say, he, he uh, was al- also a very good father and husband and uh, uh, just a dedicated uh, Christian and uh Loved working with other uh, folks like you, Tony, to help uh, get Christians motivated. To he didn't. Involved. He didn't care who got the credit, right? And that I think is right. is uh, is is unlike me. I I really care, <laughs> and I appreciate it. Well, let me just say, <laughs> let me just say this. I think it's remarkable what your father did here, not only with establishing the American Family Association but also passing it on as you have stepped mm-hmm. into leadership and mm-hmm. now Walker and Wesley, your two yeah. sons uh, stepping in as well. <clears throat> All right, you're going to hear some music. That means your time is over. That time's over here? Here on Washington. Like on this show, though, so On I, this show. Okay. No, we're going to keep you around a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, Tim Wildman, always great, great to be with you, yes, my sir. friend. Well, you know, we need to do a show sometime together. We need to do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, thank you for being with us as well and uh, signing off here from Tupelo, Mississippi. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Apostle Paul, who says you've done everything you can do when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand. By all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 